There are times when scripture that is written 3,000 years ago can sound amazingly relevant today. Almost sounds like it is written for today. For me at least, or maybe for some of you as well, that might well be the word of the Lord was scarce in those days. It seems like it, doesn't it? There seems to be that kind of thing where anytime you turn on the news, there's another disaster, there's another problem. There are wildfires consuming California, and then when the wildfires are over, now there's mudslides consuming California. There's destruction, there's death, there are people treating each other poorly. The president decides to tweet about all of it. I'm going to leave that one there. It's not really. It just doesn't seem like God is in the mix sometimes. And it didn't feel that way 3,000 years ago, and there are, well, times right now where it doesn't feel the same. It just feels rough and like they're waiting for someone to come in and fix things, someone to come in and help, someone to, well, be the Word of God and to say what we need to do next. That's what's happening in the Old Testament. Samuel is literally in a situation where he doesn't know what God's saying. He can't hear it. And perhaps in an even bigger indictment, Eli, the wizened old priest, has no idea what's going on when the Word of God comes. When they start to literally hear God speak, they both go, I don't know, go back to sleep. The gospel lesson isn't all that different. No one seems to have an idea about what Jesus is doing at this point. There's just a general confusion, and the call of Nathaniel is one that's just, eh, what's happening here? It seems really silly and basic. It seems like God is not present. The problem is, though, if, if we pull our lens back just a little bit and look contextually at what the gospel and the Old Testament is saying, and then even what we're trying to do in the church, there's more going on. Maybe God is not as scarce as we'd like to think. In the Old Testament, we're in the, the reading comes in the third chapter, but chapter one and two is literally the birth of Samuel and the announcement to Hannah that she will have a child after years of barrenness, and there's a song, and she sings, and she rejoices because God has come near doesn't sound like God's very scarce. Sounds like God's pretty active, actually. Then there's a prophecy and a whole conversation where Eli's sons, who are the priests in the temple, turns out they're bad guys, and God condemns them, and the people condemn them, and it seems like everyone's on the same page that things need to change, and God doesn't seem all that scarce. In the Gospel of John... We literally start with the great proclamation, the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then the, the Word comes and dwells among us in Christ, and it seems like God is very present in that gospel. It's not distant or remote, it's God drawn immediately near. Maybe the Word of God is not all that scarce after all. But really, then we, then we talk about it even in terms of what the church is doing. Last week, we had the baptism of Jesus, where we also had baptisms. And I know you all had baptisms upstairs, because at about 11.05, 20 or 30 people came downstairs to the service. Everybody started to escape. 
We know what y'all are doing. This isn't a mystery. But we had baptisms up here. And I know we talked about baptisms downstairs as well, and we talked about both in terms of here is Christ being baptized, being called into ministry by God, and what is his first action? His first action is then to call others to help him do the work. In fact, that's literally what today is about. It's God calling God's people to do work. Now, the real temptation here is for us to say those are actually, I mean, this is the calling of a prophet of Israel and Samuel. This is a, not something the average parishioner has to worry about. This is not our problem. This is God calling really important people like Samuel to go and be a great prophet, one of the greatest prophets of Israel. And it tends to actually be read at ordination sermons and be proclaimed at those kinds of times. So it's, you can be forgiven for that one except for that's not how it's intended. In fact, when we talk about the New Testament reading, the gospel reading, it's exactly the opposite. Nathaniel is a wild cat. He's totally different, and the call is totally different. Let me explain why. Nathaniel is called not by Jesus first, but by his friend Philip. Philip says, hey, come and check out this guy, Jesus. He couldn't be the Messiah, could he? And Nathaniel sort of goes, well, I don't know, but can anything good come out of Nazareth? He sort of downplays it, gets a little sarcastic with it, a little bitter and jaded with it. But here's the thing, Nathaniel isn't one of the 12. He has the longest call narrative in the Gospels, and he's not one of the 12 disciples. In fact, he's a guy who never shows up again in Scripture. He's just a random dude. And Jesus walks in and says, oh, I know you, you're a great guy. To which Nathaniel goes, when did you get to know me? And he says, I saw you under the fig tree. To which he goes, oh, wow, you do know me. This is great. And to be honest, we should all laugh at that moment because that is the silliest call ever. I saw you sitting under a tree this afternoon. That's not really deep insight from Jesus here. In fact, scholars have spent a lot of time trying to figure out exactly what's going on. Like, really? Nathaniel, that's it? Someone says, I saw you sitting under a tree, and you go, my Lord and my God. It's sort of low bar. The key, I think, though, is, well, one of those things that we tend to do where we put up shields. We tend to say, God's not present. I don't know what he's doing, Ah, whatever, and back off. The best way to explain it is is through maybe an example. Whenever a preacher preaches, we, we like to teach, we like to come up here and do things, but it's amazing how often I can look out and see people doing things and they don't think I can see them. We can see you. I've seen plenty of nose picking and hair fixing. I've seen people laughing at their crotch. That's their phone, by the way. (laughs) People come in and they don't think, I don't know, maybe that I can't see or we're not paying attention or we've got our thing to do and they've got their thing to do and that's fine. But I think what really happens is Jesus just wakes up Nathaniel. And again, this is the easiest way to explain it. It's sort of like me saying, David Maria Martin, I see you on the fourth row. (laughs) 
And now I'm going to call everyone. Ready? Here we go. (laughs) That'll wake you up, won't it? I can see you. God can see us. God knows that we're here and he wants us to do things. That's the most fundamental thing that's happening. We get confused sometimes with baptism. We want it to be, oh, I'm baptized. I am a son of God. I'm a child of God. Everything's done. But Jesus goes, no, no, no. That was the start. That's your second birth. Now I need you to get up and go do something. I need to call you into ministry. I need to call you into action. I need to call you into doing. And that is sometimes done with a literal call, and sometimes it is as easy as walking by. And I know everyone in this room has done it and saying, you know, that ministry is not doing too well. Youth ministry needs some help. That's God's call on you. Maybe I can go and help youth ministry then. If you've recognized that something needs help, then go help it. When Jesus calls people into ministry, it's not just to sit around and say, we're doing great. It's that he wants us to do. He wants us to be active. And so the word of God is not all that scarce in the world these days. I think we can all look around and see the things that are broken. And that sometimes can be God's nudge to say, help fix it. Help make it better. You're invited into it. And so we are all in many ways then Nathaniel, that guy that's sort of minding his own business, doing his own thing. And then God suddenly says, no, get up, do I see you in the third row. I see you in the back. I see you on the sides. I see you wherever you are. And it's time to do. It's sort of like the old joke about the preacher and the cab driver who make it to heaven. The preacher comes in and Peter gets out the book and says, we're glad you're here. Well done, good and faithful servant. And he gets a cotton robe and a wooden staff. They say, go in to your reward to the preacher. And the preacher's feeling pretty good about himself. And then the cab driver comes up and they go, oh, we're so glad you're here. And they give him a golden staff and a silk robe. And they even give him a crown and say, you have done incredibly well. Welcome. Come in, good and faithful servant. And the preacher's not really sure what's going on here. So he goes back to Peter and goes, I don't I'm glad to be here, Peter, and I'm glad to go in. I'll go in. I'm just curious why I got a wooden staff and a cotton robe after 40 years of ministry, and this taxi driver got a golden robe and a a silk robe and a golden staff. And St. Peter says, oh, it's easy. Around here, we we base everything on results. When you preached, people sort of paid attention. They, They engaged. But when people got in that cab driver's car, they prayed. (laughs) The bar is actually just that simple and low in the call narratives that we hear today. God just wants us to go out and do. God wants us to go out and hear his word and help those around us. We say the word of God is scarce, but we know what it is. We know we're supposed to care for the poor. We know we're supposed to help those who are hurt and hungry and lost. We know we're supposed to see if we see someone in need, whether it's our neighbor or the person sitting next to us in the pew. We're just called to love them and care for them and make the world a better, happier, more gospel-driven place. No, I don't think the Lord, the word of the Lord is too scarce right now. I think the bigger question is anyone listening? 
Is anyone listening to God's word and willing to do? Is anyone willing to go out and be part of the gospel? Be part of God's story? God is speaking again and again, calling each and every one of you right where you're sitting now to build and grow St. Michael, to build and grow God's kingdom. Are you listening? Amen.